I'm focusing on movement, on teaching individuals with autoimmune disease how to move. But one thing that I really focus on is is an important piece that I feel is like missing from our healthcare system and from the lives of people living with autoimmune disease is like autonomy. It's like having you know that power of self and of knowing you know what it is that you need for anyone listening that maybe has an autoimmune disease like you know this experience we go to the doctor the doctor says here you know take this also eat a healthy diet and exercise regularly okay but you know what does that mean for me as someone with an autoimmune disease this is maestro on the mic a podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Three, two, one. Hello friends, Maestro here and welcome back to another episode of Maestro on the Mic. Today we are switching it up and I have someone with me who is uh, from my mafia and the way she pitched herself to come on the podcast, I was like, I cannot say no. I've only known this woman for a few months, uh, but watching her growth and honestly, I'm going to call it transformation and just stepping into her own has been absolutely incredible. Uh, she's got a tiny voice. She's got a huge presence though. And when she asked on one of our mafia dinners, uh, she's like, I have a question for you. And she asked, like, can I be on your podcast? I was like, fuck yes. This is just absolutely. She has done the hard work. She's working to change lives. If I read her bio, she is an autoimmune movement coach. I'm so proud of this. We're going to tease that out because she kind of jumped around a little bit. So we're going to talk about that. And she's the owner of Remade Wellness. She's a certified health coach and strength and conditioning specialist. She's a lupus warrior of 13 years and most importantly, a lifetime lover of M&Ms. I personally don't like M&Ms, but that's more for her. She's from Durham. She lives with her husband. And another important fact here, her four-year-old boxer named Cinnamon. Without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend and fellow mafioso, Daniela Spear. Welcome, homie. Hey, thanks for having me. Dude, I am stoked about this. Thank you for going into your closet, making the sound real nice for us. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm really honored to have you on here. It's been really, it's been really awesome watching you grow. So I could talk forever, but I'm going to flip the mic over. I'm going to pass it to you. And I'm going to just, why don't you start us off with your, who you are, your, your story. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for that hype introduction. I was like, <laughs> wow, I'm really cool. <laughs> you are. You so, yeah, are. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. So um, as you mentioned, I'm an autoimmune movement coach, and I'll explain a little bit more about that um, as well. But I'm a lupus driver of 13 years. And I work with individuals, mostly women, that are living with autoimmune disease, and they're looking to incorporate exercise as like a means of reducing autoimmune flare-ups. Um, I was diagnosed with lupus when I was 16, 
and I didn't have a lot of information at the time, but over the course of 13, um, yeah, 13 years, I've found a lot of ways to manage my autoimmune disease in a way that doesn't get like in the way of me living my life. Yeah. And um, a lot of that has been through exercise. And that's why I'm, I'm so passionate oh. about what I do. It was uh, actually in college where this started for me. I was an athlete in high school. I did gymnastics and I played soccer. But when I got to college, I was not about that club gymnastics life. And I was like, mm, no. <laughs> so instead, I just like went to the gym. I started going to the gym and kind of by accident, I discovered that exercise was actually really helpful for me. But like any young adult that believes they're invincible, I kind of like I dove really hard into like that fitness lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was a dumb college kid, so I thought I knew everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> all, all my friends were like the the like really intense power lifters I kind of just went along with what they were doing because I really had no idea what I was doing mm-hmm. and then after college I found CrossFit and I was like oh, oh fitness and gymnastics like yeah sign me yeah. up and so um, at the time I was actually also competing in pageant so I was all about like getting the abs right the, the look okay. Huh. fitness. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. I love, I'm like fascinated here. This is awesome. Keep going. Keep going. Um, yeah. So at the time I, I didn't realize that the intensity at which I was exercising uh, was actually having a reverse effect on me. And so I was experiencing even more autoimmune activity um, than when I like first started exercising. So like in the beginning, I was like, oh, this is actually really helpful for me to manage my autoimmune disease. But because I went too hard, like, you know, too much of anything can be bad. I was starting to have more autoimmune activity and no one could like really figure out why, like my doctors had no idea or like any explanation. And I even remember one time I pitched it to them. I was like, is it maybe because I exercise too much? They're like, no, 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 impossible. And I was like, okay. Um, but in, let's see, it was 2016. I, that's when I was hired by Exos and I began learning a different methodology of exercise and like mm-hmm. training. And um, I learned it, but I didn't really apply it to myself. Um, it wasn't not. until a couple years later that I was really burnt out from dealing with the shoulder injury and trying all the therapies. And I was like really tired of just modifying everything in, in the gym that I reached a point where I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And mm-hmm. I like, stepped away from CrossFit and I just decided that I'm just going to do whatever I feel like doing that day. And so I started applying the EXOS methodology and I stopped worrying about the programming and I focused more on what I wanted to do. And that is like when everything really like changed for me. Um, who was it saying? Megan Copel is like, it was a game changer. It really was a game changer. <laughs> uh, but this was a game changer for me. So everything like I just I started feeling better and then I had that aha moment and I was like, oh, I don't have to drive myself into the ground to like experience the benefits. And like, even when like my autoimmune disease activity was decreasing, I realized that like I was having way less flare ups and I just felt so much better physically, Mm -hmm. emotionally and mentally. And, you know, to be honest, I don't think it had a lot to do with like the kind of exercise I was doing, but I think more of like how I was approaching it. And like when I stopped forcing it to happen and I said, I started asking myself like, what do I want? What do I need? Um, that's when everything really kind of changed for me. So, so now like, that's what I do with my clients. Like I, I help them 
with the fitness piece, but more importantly, also with the mindset and the self-awareness to decide for themselves, you know, what do they need? I love this. We're going to go for deep, dive a little deeper into that kind of self-awareness and, and stuff you do with your clients. But I got to ask, how did this tie into the pageant stuff or were you just, did you stop? Like what, what happened there? So with pageants, I, I competed in a couple through college. And then after college, I, I decided to give it like one last shot. Like I, you know, in pageantry, it's like you, you try, you don't always win, right? You don't, you don't always get the, the crown, the title, but after college, I was like, let me give it one last try because I was also about to age out of the Miss America pageant okay. system. Okay. And so I did, I gave it one last shot and I won a title. I won a local title in, wow. in North Carolina. And so I spent a year preparing to compete for the title of Miss North Carolina before competing at Miss America. But um, I, I didn't win the title of Miss North Carolina, but I, I think that looking back at that pageant experience, I, I remember like that was probably one of the times in my life where I felt the most confident about myself mm-hmm. because I spent so much focused time on me and who I was and what I was doing. And it was just a really intense time of self-development. And I remember being on that stage and remembering like, this is, this is changing the game for a lot of Latina women because in the Miss America pageant system, there's a lot of Caucasian females mm-hmm. and not a lot of minority women. And for the Miss America pageant system, you have to have like a talent. And so I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be as Latina as I can. And and I I did a salsa dance routine on stage, and I was like, this is so cool. Yes. <laughs> And I was, I felt like just so me. And, and so like now, like when I struggle with confidence or, or kind of thinking about like who I am, what I'm doing, I, I often think back to that, that pageant time. Um, but yeah, I just aged out of it. I got too old. <laughs> Dude, this is phenomenal to me. And as you're saying all of this, I am like sitting here very much listening, but also was waiting for you to be like, and I carried that skill set over into things now. Yeah. And I love that you said that because that is so, so, so important. So I've had, uh, you folks listening, like I said, uh, Daniela's in um, the mafia and we've had some talks uh, about imposter syndrome and things like that. And now, now Daniela, now that I know you have this background, I'm just going to be like, yo, 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 remember that salsa. Anytime yeah. <laughs> you kind of throw out that uh, imposter syndrome, this is phenomenal. And I love what you said about it was such a time of, of personal growth, um, but you were focusing on you and what you wanted to do and what you were good at. And that's been something that I've really noticed with you as we've gone through the mafia and I've watched you, you know, just freaking blossom as you focused on things that light you up man, you bring the fire. So let's continue with this this uh, concept, if you will, of things that let you up. What, what are you doing with coaching now? Yeah. Um, right now I'm focusing on Remade Wellness. So that is my business. And I'm focusing on 
movement on teaching individuals with autoimmune disease how to move. Um, but one thing that I really focus on is is a important piece that I feel is like missing from our healthcare system and from the lives of people living with autoimmune disease is like autonomy. It's like having, you know, that power of self and of knowing, you know, what it is that you need. It's like, I mean, we go to the doctor and like for anyone listening that maybe has an autoimmune disease, like, you know, this experience, we go to the doctor, the doctor says here, you know, take this, also eat a healthy diet and exercise regularly. Okay, but you know, what does that mean for me as someone with an autoimmune disease, right? And I think we like, we, we just get so exhausted from trying all the things like we're exercising, we're eating well, we're trying our best, but sometimes things just still don't feel right. And you know, we, we try all the things, we do the checklist and still end up in an autoimmune flare up until we have to like pause life. Mm-hmm. And then after some time, we start back over, start doing all the things again and again, and kind of that cycle just repeats itself. And that is what I find for a lot of the people that come to me looking mm-hmm. for help. Like they're in this cycle of life, flare up, pause, life, flare up, pause, right? Mm-hmm. And they just don't know what to do. And like, frankly, like, it's because no one has ever told them that like, air quotes, healthy looks different mm-hmm. for those with autoimmune disease. Mm-hmm. And why? I was like, because with an autoimmune disease, like your body is already under so much inflammation and stress that it's just the nature of autoimmune. And like, when you have any other stress, even if it's good stress, like exercise, it can send you into a flare up if you don't know how to correctly assess your body from day to day. So while yes, I coach movement, I love fitness, I love all the things exercise and like doing those things with my clients. For me, exercise is just an avenue that I used to teach people of how to like reconnect with themselves and learn to pause, like learn to pause before they need to pause and ask, what do I need today? I love this. I also love that it's the word pause. I think that people tend to think I have no real familiarity with autoimmune disease. It's not a population I've really worked with. It's not something I've ever personally dealt with. But in terms of having something that is part of your identity, say movement, uh, people tend to think, oh, I have to stop. And then they're like, it's devastating. So I love that you use the word pause. And it's like kind of a pre-pause, like before you even need to to do that. Can you talk a little bit about, I kind of want to say the psychosocial aspect of this because I feel like there is a level of acceptance. And when I say acceptance, I don't mean resignation, but a level of acceptance of like, this is my reality. It's different than other people's and that's okay. Can you talk me through what that looked like for you and how you help your people with that? Yeah. So when I was diagnosed with lupus, I was in high school and I, you know, at the time I, I wasn't like, I didn't want to worry about, you know, how do I deal with this autoimmune disease? I was just trying to like get a good prom date, you know? (laughs) (laughs) You're the best. best. Um, No, I I mean, I was playing soccer and like I, you know, was involved in in theater and all the like school activities. And so um, when I was first diagnosed and I was going through a lot of treatments and like having to miss school for doctor's appointments, like it was almost shameful. Like I, I experienced a lot of shame and embarrassment of having to do all those things and like dealing with like 
seeing kids like talk about me or look at me funny or ask a lot of questions that I myself didn't know how to how to answer. Like I didn't know how to explain what lupus was. And for those that are listening that might not know, so autoimmune disease is like when your immune system becomes hyperactive and starts to attack your healthy tissue. With lupus, they they also call it the fingerprint disease because it's so unique to everyone. So I mean, you can have like 50 people lined up with lupus, and and their their lupus is going to look very very different. And it really does take a toll on your identity because it's almost like lupus kind of takes over your life and you realize like, well, I couldn't do what I used to be able to do, or I don't feel the way I used to, or you notice that your friends and your family treat you differently. Like, I remember my mom was so nervous about like everything I was doing, like she didn't allow me to do like chores anymore, which I, I didn't personally mind. I was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I'll let my siblings do it. That's fine. But there, there was also this other level of like, she wouldn't let me eat out. Like she cooked all my food oh. for me, which like did serve me well, uh, a little bit like later in life when, whenever I was discovering, you know, how do I eat well with autoimmune disease? Right. But you know, at the time it was just like, I was in high school, I, you know, being a high schooler, you're trying to kind of like find your independence, trying to figure out who you are. But then you have like this autoimmune disease that's just like telling you like everything that you're not. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. so for a long time, I didn't share about having an autoimmune disease. I, I tried to hide it as much as I could. And that was where the exercise piece came in. And it was a way for me to have like a sense of control. And I, I said like, okay, I can do this. I can prove that I can be powerful and still live my life even with lupus. But I was approaching it from a completely wrong perspective of like, I'm going to, I'm going to spite lupus, right? Like I'm going to prove to lupus that it doesn't control me rather than working with it to have a healthier lifestyle. Right. And that is something that I find a lot with my autoimmune clients that they often come to me and are like, I just, I just want to be the person I was. And I said, well, like I, or I always tell them that person is still there. We just have to learn to work with this autoimmune disease. Like there's not, there's not this like black and white before and after, right. That person is still there. Life just looks different now, which is why uh, the, the name of my business is remade, remade wellness. Um, we, we work on being remade, not just like a different identity, if that makes sense. That makes so so much sense. Yeah. That actually came from, um, that was really inspired from this like Japanese art called Kintsuji. It's like where they take this, like, it's like a broken piece of pottery and they put it back together with pieces of gold. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you've seen that. I've seen, I didn't know the name. I've seen it. You know, I'm always on Instagram. I have seen this. <laughs> yeah, and it, it actually cre- like creates this even more valuable piece of artwork later. And it's not, you know, it's like pieces of the old and pieces of the new. It's just like this remade piece of art that is like way more valuable now. And like that is the message I really like drive home to my clients is like, you, you, you have the capacity to be more valuable, to live a life more valuable with an autoimmune disease oh. 
because of the things that you learn by living it. That's amazing. Ah, this is so, so good. So what does the, I want to say with this, this topic of the, of the clients, you kind of said, you know, movement's like a vehicle, just a part, a portion of, of what you do with them. The movement stuff you do with them, is it all varied? Is it dependent on what they like doing? Can you give us a little bit of a uh, insight as to what that, what that looks like? Yeah, so I focus a lot on strength training mm-hmm. uh, for a couple reasons. One, because that's how, like, that's what I have found most beneficial to yeah. me. Yeah. And two, because strength training has the capacity to be a lot slower and a lot more progressive. So what happens when uh, autoimmune patients go to the doctor and the doctor's like, you, you need to exercise more what do people often go to? And that's cardio because it's just like easier, right? Totally. But cardio has a, has a capacity to like elicit more of like a cortisol response that, Mm -hmm. you know, that stress hormone and can cause a lot more inflammation and is a lot more likely to induce an exercise related flare up. So strength training, because you can slow it down and progressively build. It's like this magical place, like where you you expose your body to a very controlled amount of stress and you teach your body to address the stress and be like, oh, okay, I don't have to immediately go into a flare up. Like I can handle these other things that come my way. So you build resilience, not just for your body, but also for your immune system. This is absolutely phenomenal. And I'm going to ask the question that nobody likes. <laughs> okay. I'm going to let you, I'll let you give your best answer because I already know you're going to knock it out of the park. But how long does this take? Well, you know, the magical answer that all trainers give. It depends. <laughs> I love it. Give it to me. I love it. It depends. Uh, honestly, it depends on the individual, uh, kind of where they are in their autoimmune journey. Um it also depends on just how much are they willing to change what they're currently doing mm-hmm. and apply what we're doing in our time working together. And there's no like magical timeline. I typically work with my clients for three months uh, okay. because like, I think 12 weeks is a good amount of time to really experience change. Uh, but for some, like, you know, a month in, they're already feeling awesome. Or by the end of month three, they're just starting to feel good right yeah. and so it i think it just depends because there's also a lot of other factors that contribute into like someone feeling better with an autoimmune disease or someone living well with an autoimmune disease it's it's not just the movement piece which is why i also focus a lot on the mindset piece and on breathing techniques on meditation and then we get into the movement and then we also start working on like other aspects like how are they sleeping? What's their hydration like? What about your nutrition? Like all of those pieces all fit together. Um, so it, you know, there's a lot of factors. So it kind of just depends. Oh, that makes total sense. And who are the, do you work with all immune, autoimmune issues or like who, who are you helping out? Who are you the best at helping out? Yeah. Uh, so Right now, a lot of my clients are lupus patients. Uh, I think just because I myself am a lupus warrior, so I think that that just resonates with the lupus community. 
but I've also worked with other individuals that um, have had like Hashimoto's or MS, um, diabetes, or some are just like, hey, you know, I've got all this inflammation. I don't have a diagnosis, but I kind of like don't know what else to do. This is so, so good. So, so good. Did Corona time, did you see a flare up maybe in your own issues, your own symptoms, uh, your patients? How did, you know, did 2020 just mess people up or? (laughs) Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) To put it uh, scientifically, did it mess people up? (laughs) It did. Um, You know, I think for me personally, um, when the pandemic hit, I think it was just another opportunity for me to put into practice all of the things I've learned over the last 13 years, right? Now, it certainly was not perfect, but it was just another reminder of like, hey, we can't control things outside of us, but we what we can control is us, right? And so, uh, I mean, yeah, like to be honest, like things got a little bit slower for me mm-hmm. once the pandemic hit. I... I, but I think it was fine. I, I actually was still working a nine to five job, which I actually put in my notice yesterday. So, oh, once, so when you're all listening to this, I'll be a self-employed <laughs> woman. <laughs> and so I, I will be launching my business full time um, in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, things slowed down for me, like client wise, once the pandemic hit. But, you know, i I try not to like freak out about it because I did also have the security of a of a separate like nine to five yes. job. Dude, you give me all the perfect segues. Like this is actually what I want to talk about and bring up. And you were just like, here you go. Serve it up for you real nice. Can you talk to us? Number one, I'm going to be a bad host and give you two questions, but I'll remind okay. you if you forget. And number one, can you talk about getting hired by Exos? It's like, that's like kind of a big deal. Uh, and you, you just like threw it out there real nonchalantly in the, the beginning podcast. You're like, I'm never for excess. And I'm like, yo, that's a big deal. Um, I would love to hear how you got that job. And then number two, what it's been like transitioning into your own gig. Yeah, those are good questions. So this is a fun story. Um, so <laughs> after college, you know, I I had all the part-time jobs. And I think like any fitness professional can like relate to that at some point in their life. I was, you know, working YMCA, doing some hours here or there. And I was also interning for campus recreation at the university that I went to. Um, so UNC Chapel Hill, I had gone back and I was interning at their campus rec program as kind of the, the fitness specialist at the time. And I was doing a lot of employee wellness and I was talking to my supervisor. I was like, you know, I just don't know if I can live on this intern salary anymore. And I was like drained and she, she recommended that I I check out Exos and I I hadn't heard of Exos, but she said that they, you know, they do corporate wellness and she thought that I'd be a good fit for that. And so I, I checked it out. And at the time I was also trying to just, run away right Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like oh a job in Switzerland perfect this is fantastic um and I was looking through their job listings and I actually came across um an old college classmate 
and I saw that he worked for Axos. And so I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I saw you work for Axos and like really interested in this job. Like, do you know how I can get in? And he's like, uh, Switzerland. Yeah, I don't know if I can help you with that. Um, but he said, but like our site has a job opening if you're interested. And that was like, real, that was local. It was here in Raleigh, North Carolina. And I was like, yeah, sign me up. Like I need a job. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, so I, I interviewed for the position and I got hired. And I think part of that was also just because of like, you know, my friend at the time who fun story is now my husband. Uh, and- <laughs> I love you. Yo, that was I I did not expect that. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt. That's um, really funny. If anyone wants any tips on dating your coworker, um hit me up. <laughs> I was not expecting the story to go that direction. I'm like, funny story, that person now works in Switzerland and I know you're married. That's yeah, funny. we're married. So <laughs> I met my husband at work. Um, he he likes to joke and say that, like, you know, when I messaged him about the job, I was really asking him on a date. Uh, I was like, oh, no, bro, oh. I, I really needed a job. This chick's trying to get a job. I love <laughs> But, yeah, so yeah, I started working for Access at, like, the end of 2016. And then I, I worked as a health fitness specialist for about a year. And then the opportunity came up for me to move into the wellness coordinator position. And so I, I took it and I, it was, it's been a, such a fun job because I, I had the ability to make it, you know, whatever I wanted. So I actually like took on um, our social media account. I did a lot of outreach. I got to work with employees, like remote employees. Um, so I had the opportunity to travel to Chicago, California and work with um, our like clients, employees at, mm-hmm. at the time. So it's been a really oh. fun job. And for me, I know you also asked, like, what was your second question? Like, how did I start transitioning to, like, doing yeah, how's that been? Thing? Yeah. How has that been? Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, when I started working at Exos, I really felt like, oh, my gosh, I just hit the jackpot of, like, learning in the fitness industry. And I knew that, like, for me, that was a time to really sit back and learn mm-hmm. and I've met so many amazing people. I've had mentors and like made friends for life. I, it, I think it was 2019. Yeah. I like had the opportunity to go to headquarters for like our, the continuing education summit. And that was just so cool. And so I knew that that time working at Exos was just a time for me to really observe, learn, can master what I'm doing, master my craft. Uh, but I also like, now I know that like I'm moving into a time of life where it's time to go and do it. Yeah. Right. So like that's yeah. where I'm at now. And I think now it's like time for me to go and like do what I'm passionate about and like focus on the population that I want to serve. And so I don't know. I think like I when I was like really focused in on that like sit and learn time, like I just knew. Because, like, the thought of, like, going full-time for myself wasn't really even a thought. Yeah. Not that I didn't want to. I just knew that it was a time that I needed to, like, be still. Yeah. But 
I think after several years, I, I've noticed that like that that rate of absorption of information has really slowed down for me. And I've noticed that I've started looking elsewhere for information and to learn. And not to say I can't learn more at Exos, I, I absolutely can. I just realized that I wanted something other than corporate. So I started just paying attention to like what I wanted and recognize like where my actions were leading me. So I think like now is like the right time for me to take that leap. Um, Well, let me say, I think when I realized it was last year, but then the pandemic hit. So I was Mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to stay right here. Smart, smart woman. (laughs) Yeah. So I waited, but you know, my husband and I, we've, um, we've built up our little nest egg and like, we're just facing the reality that I'm I'm not like feeling fulfilled where I currently am. Um, So I think we just know that, that now's the time. Dude, this is, you just gave phenomenal advice. For any of you that are listening to this and you're kind of wondering, how do I know? I want you to rewind. If you're driving, like, please wait. But otherwise, if you're in a safe place, rewind and go back. I think that's some of the best advice that's been given on this podcast. Uh, And so much of it, what she's saying, is listening to herself and not rushing it. I really think people think there's a fire and, you know, between social media and just you, you're, we're exposed to so many other people's stories and their, their life. Uh, we kind of think like, oh, I gotta be doing more. I gotta be doing it faster and I'll know immediately. And I, I should have done, done it yesterday. I love how much grace you've given yourself. And you're like, yeah, pandemic hit and let's not burn your ships now because I don't want to be homeless. And then just being like, yeah, I'm looking for information at different places. Uh, you know, and it's not that you're leaving a bad situation. I'm trying to think of who I brought on. I can't remember which guest it was, but you know that's a, a great point of when you leave something that's not bad. You're just looking for something more, something new, something you know to help you continue growing. I think some folks expect things to be terrible, and they're like, "Well, it's not so bad." And that that's okay too. Uh, but being you know in a place where you're like, "Yeah, it's not bad," but I'm looking to keep growing, and I'm realizing you know I'm looking at my own actions. I'm really evaluating and assessing my own actions and, and looking back and be like, hey, I, this is telling me I'm ready to go and do something else. This is, that's so, such valuable information that you just shared with us, Daniel. I don't know if you realize this. And I'm hoping that as you're, as you are, are on this podcast right now, you're realizing how much you've done, how much you know, uh, how cool you are. You said it from the jump, how cool you are. <laughs> and 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 you can continue to use that to run forward. I got a question for you about, I don't know, maybe your past or just kind of why, but you are, you're an asker. I don't know if you realize that, but you are an asker. You're someone that's like, I'm, I want this thing. And clearly you're going to work your ass off for it. But you also have the courage to ask. I've noticed it in the, in the mafia. You actually ask things. And I'm like, yes, good. You ask. That's what the whole reason I started this group. Uh, you asked to come on the podcast. You asked your quote unquote friend uh, about getting a job. Have you just always been like that? Or where does that come from? Mm, I don't know if I've always been like that. I got quiet as a, a kid, but I, I do know like when I got to college, I realized that I had a very scrappy personality mm. and when I was taking chemistry, I was like, you know, in that Chem 101 class, I was like, what does all of this mean? I like, I 
remember like going in and researching like all of the like resources that could help me learn chemistry, right? And I found out that through one of the like scholarship programs that I was a part of that I had access to like free tutoring. And I was like, sign me up. And so I went two times a week, every week, so that I could like pass chem 101. And maybe that was a little obsessive. I don't know. But I did pass chemistry. So um, it didn't happen with physics. I ended up like just dropping physics because I was like, (laughs) I can't. I can't. Um, But I like realized that I was like, okay, I'm, I'm actually like very resourceful. And I know like when I need to like look for things to make it happen. And I actually did a lot of that whenever I was preparing to compete at Miss North Carolina, because I was like, I need to pay for a pageant coach. I need to pay for this very expensive dress. I need to pay for this swimsuit. I need to get a trainer. I need to hire a walking coach. It was like all of these things. Plus, I was also raising money for the Children's Miracle Network at the time. And so I was working at the YMCA and I made friends with everyone especially like the the old the old guys at the racquetball court they were my friends and I I wrote letters to friends and family I I fundraised my way to Miss North Carolina and so like that yeah like that's when I like really figured out like I know how to ask and I'm good at asking and if I don't ask the answer is always no yes this is a skill homie like people don't do that this is a truly wow this is like i'm i'm really largely blown away by your story right now and and your background and just you how resourceful you are i love the word that you use or scrappy that is (laughs) that's so good one of my goals or like probably the main goal that i have with having a podcast is i look to bring people on that will hopefully inspire other people to do the thing, right? I'm all about the Roger Bannister effect. Someone sees it happen and then they're like, oh, maybe I could do it. I could do it too. And I think you're, you're probably the first person to come on. That's, that's kind of, that's definitely, you're definitely the first person to come on that's self-identified as scrappy. And I love that. (laughs) I love that. And it's, I really hope, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Your story resonates with people of figuring out a way to do the thing. And as you figure out a way to do the thing, realizing how dope you are and these superpowers that you have and, you know, reframing things and, and remaking things, if, if you will, this is just, this is, this is incredible. So what's next for you, Daniela? What is, what are you working towards? What are you doing? Well, I'm working on launching my, business full-time um so i'm going to be launching like my three-month program so this is what i work on with my clients and i have okay like three parts to this program um so it's called the remade method and i think i mentioned earlier that you know with exercise like that's just a piece of it what i really focus on a lot too is the mindset so we work on reviving our mindset, right? Um, Because like, what I notice with like my clients is that there's often all these like reasons why they can't or they shouldn't or this, this Mm -hmm. and that. And we don't realize that our minds are naturally designed to experience happiness and calmness 
but because of life, they like it gets so jumbled, right? Mm-hmm. And this is just so important to know because like it literally applies to everything else that we do in life. Like our brain works in this thought, feeling, action capacity. So there's always first the thought, then you experience a feeling from that thought, and then you take an action from that feeling, right? But most people are operating out of a feeling action thought capacity. So it's a little backwards. And that's Mm -hmm. where the mentality of like, when this happens, or when I do this, then I'll have the motivation, right? They they have a feeling they take an action, because they want to change their thought. But it really actually always starts with first a thought and act or feeling and then an action. And so we work on assessing like all those feelings and work backwards to reveal like what mindset blocks are they having that are keeping them from feeling the way that they want to feel. And so I do a lot of that through breath work and meditation. And I, I like to tell my clients that I've figured out the secret to life and the secret is pay attention, <laughs> pay attention. Right. Um, so then once we've mastered that, or once we've started learning to apply that, then we move on to the movement piece. And this is where we work on rebuilding physical health. And I talked a little bit earlier about strength training and why it's such a great tool for people with autoimmune disease. And because of the fact that it can be slow and progressive, but I also focus a lot on mobility and just like what a blessing that is because working to strengthen your joints while like moving them through a range of motion is like the real secret for like the lymphatic system, which is so closely tied to your immune system. And our bodies are so like, are designed so cool, like that our, our major lymph nodes, the major clusters of lymph nodes are located near our joints. And, Mm -hmm. and so when we move those joints, we are activating our immune system to work as it should. And then the last piece of all that is reclaiming autonomy. Um, So this is what I mentioned earlier, that this is what I love. This is the part that I get really excited about when my clients start taking ownership of their own actions, their own decisions. And I love like getting those text messages of like, hey, you know, I did an exercise today because I like woke up, I wasn't feeling good. So instead, I listened to my body and went for a walk. I'm like, that's awesome, right? Like, you know, I can program for you. But if you made the decision not to do it for a specific reason that benefits your health, like that's a bigger win than you completing the program that I wrote for you. Right. And so I love seeing my clients reclaim their own power because like my goal isn't to keep my clients forever. Like, sure. That's great. Keep giving me your money, but (laughs) I find way more joy in people like moving forward and realizing that they can move forward on their own without that, like dependency relationship crap with like, you know, we become dependent on like our doctors or on other people. Like, what do I do? What do I need to do? I'm like, you know what you need to do. I just want you to realize that you know it. Yes. So that's what I will be launching in the next couple months. So I'll be kind of ending my time with Axos and moving on to do all of that full time. So I'm really excited about it. And I think that it's it's really needed because we we're just so used to kind of covering up anything that we experience, right? We're so like inundated by commercials, messages of like, oh, you have this symptom, like here's a, a medicine, here's a medication for it. Ask your doctor mm-hmm. about this. And like we're so used to just like covering up everything. Like one thing that like I have to like 
work on with my clients is just realizing the difference between an actual autoimmune flare-up or just experience something from a bad lifestyle. And it's like, oh, you woke up today with a headache and you feel like you have brain fog. Their immediate reaction is like, oh, it's a it's a lupus flare. It's an autoimmune flare. Like, where's the prednisone? And I'm like, uh-huh. but you might be dehydrated. Like, drink some water. Like, it's not always your <laughs> autoimmune disease, right? <laughs> so that is why I I love doing the work that I do because I I love empowering my clients to kind of separate themselves a little bit from their autoimmune disease and not like blame everything because it's it doesn't have to be an excuse for not living a healthy lifestyle. I like to think of it as a stepping stone to living a healthy lifestyle. Dude, that was, that was really good. That last part, that was really, if people were just so wowed and impressed by what you just said, cause I was, I was like, do I need to work with you? Uh, if people <laughs> want to reach out, if they want to find out more, if they want to work with you, how can they do this? Uh, so I'm on Instagram. So it's at Daniela.Spear. That's where I mostly hang out and post a lot of my content. And then you can also find my website, RemadeWellness.com. And if you go on there, you can also find a freebie on five things to consider before exercising with autoimmune disease. So it's just some nuggets of information. And also for any other like practitioners that maybe work with autoimmune disease clients or, or have um, or maybe work in that population and maybe feel like they don't know what to tell them. Um, that's also a really great resource uh, for any other practitioners out there, just like what to consider before exercising with autoimmune disease. Man, this is so freaking good. Daniela, you are you're fucking You're dope. I got to ask you the, you're welcome. Like, this is, I'm really just, I watched you go from, you know, I, I might by watch you. I mean, like, I see you on a tiny, teeny, tiny Zoom square, but go from, you know, like, this is what I kind of, this is what I do to like, right now hearing straight fire. And this is absolutely incredible. I am so, so, so stoked for you. So stoked for you. I got to ask you, you the... Ah, for sure. I got to ask you the, the standard, the typical question that I ask all my guests before I wrap it up. Okay. Is there anything else that you'd like to leave the people with that you want to say that we didn't go over, that you want to repeat? Anything. Mm, I actually have a question for you, Shante, oh. if that's okay. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So... As you know, I'm getting ready to make that transition of nine to five to self-employed, right? And so for those of us that are like in that process with little cash flow right now, I'm curious, what, what resources do you think are the best ones to invest in first? Like whether it's education or like a financial management system or maybe like a project management tracker thing i don't know what what kind of needs to like happen first i would honestly say none of those okay Uh, the (laughs) biggest thing this this is one of the best things about having a a digital business is that overhead is very low uh compared to like you know a brick and mortar space or if you have a really big team like typically the most the biggest expenses that 
people have as a business are going to be their physical space and playing employees. So if you work for yourself and you work from home, you're great. Uh, number one, if you're going to invest in something uh, for the business, which I believe you already have, is going to be an online scheduler, to be completely honest. This way, everything stays tracked. It also saves you time because it's going back and forth with your people. They can use it to set, to set their appointments. Uh, you get paid through that, so there's no back and forth with that. You get paid right away. Um, there's no time that you're losing with going back and forth. Um, if any, you know, if anyone, any of you listening have any kind of like, you know, money issues, one, handle them, but two, it really kind of removes that because they, they, they pay at the time that they, you know, you can set it up. So they pay at the time of scheduling, uh, it'll send out forms for you so they can fill it out before you have your calls. Um, you can have multiple calendars on there. I run mine where it's, you know, I have my podcast on here. I have discovery calls. I have my zoom meetings on there. I have phone calls on there. Um, I have all, you know, they're all my, my maestro meetings are all in different calendars within the same system. I personally use Acuity. Uh, for those of you listening, I will have Courtney drop the affiliate link. Mama didn't raise no fool. Uh, I'll have her drop that into the show notes. Um, but I would say that is the first thing to uh, invest in. And then from there, it's about getting clients. So you know, I love that you pitch yourself to be on this podcast, pitching yourself to be on other podcasts, um, you know, creating um, relationships with other people in the field, whether you're doing that through, um, you know, Instagram, social media, LinkedIn, whatever, you know, everyone's doing different things, you know, where your people are better than me. Uh, and then getting those first few clients through and then from there, and you've already done this, you get the clients through, you develop that framework, then you have something to actually pitch to uh, people when you're looking to to spread your message. And you also have clients that can go and spread your message. But realistically, the first thing would just be the online calendar, online scheduler. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. What else you got? I'm curious to know about the emotions that you've experienced from transitioning to being employed to self-employed. I know you always say like, you don't struggle with imposter syndrome, but I'm just really curious to know if you ever had any of those like doubting emotions or like what you experienced when you were transitioning and like, how did you like redirect those like negative thoughts or feelings to, to serve you as, as an entrepreneur? Awesome. So you nailed it. I have not struggled with imposter syndrome or had imposter syndrome, uh, I made my transition from going to employed or employee to self-employed very gradually. Um, and I did it like you, where it wasn't just burn the ships. I um, And Courtney, you can drop the episode of my story uh, in the show notes as well. Thank you. Um, I did it through rock tape. Um, and I was also leaving a position that I didn't like. So that made it a little bit easier as well. Like I never really wanted to be, I never was really never in love with being a staff PT. Like I went into it because it was a safe job, um, but I never was like, oh, this is what I meant to do. I was always like, this kind of fucking sucks. Uh, so leaving that wasn't, it wasn't so hard. It didn't make things harder. Um, I had the opportunity with Rock Tape because I asked, and this is why I just, your story resonates with me so much. I asked and got that job. And that was at a point where I was like, I would probably go work at Costco. Like, I don't want to be in this job anymore. So when the rock tape gig came up, I was like, this is awesome. I was like, I want to do this. I'm going to figure this out. 
Uh, and then, you know, I'm, I was five years into my career by then. I had reps. I had confidence in what I was doing as a physical therapist. I was like, yeah, I've taken people through. I know I can help them get better. I think there's a better way to do this, though. Um, and I'm not sure if this is actually what I want to be doing. Uh, so switching wasn't that hard. Um, and then I had friends who had their own clinics, and I was able to you know, treat out of their spaces and treat out of my CrossFit box. But again, this came on the heels of having a lot of experience, you know, five years of experience and being like, yeah, I, I can do this. Um, and I, I know that I, I'm good at, at, at this thing. I think that in terms of anything, you know, besides a positive feeling, that didn't really start happening until, I don't want to say more recently, but that comes basically if I'm not making money. And I get it when people are like, they do a launch and, and they don't, uh, it doesn't do very well. And I get that feeling of like, fuck, this kind of sucks. Uh, and the way that entrepreneur, entrepreneurism or you know, working for yourself, the way that that goes is, is a bit of that, I don't want to say boom bust cycle, but like when you're selling something, you're making money. If you're not selling something, you're not making money. And when you focus on just the money, you can absolutely fall into scarcity mindset and be and just kind of feeling down, especially if you tend to get so such dopamine hits from when things are going well. Because you get this up and down, then you're like, oh, things are going well. I had a great launch, or like people are buying my stuff. I'm awesome. And then you're not selling because that's how business works. And you go through a little bit of a lull and, and you don't have that same dopamine hit and you can start feeling some kind of way. And the way that I combat that is one, let yourself feel that. Have a fair day and just be like, mm, what was me? Go ahead, experience it, accept it, it's fine. And then by moving through that, by reminding myself, this is why I got into this. This is why I chose the lifestyle of being an entrepreneur because I will bet on myself 10 out of 10 times. And I know that if I ever want to make more money, I can do that. I just got to work more. If I want to go on vacation, I can do that. I don't have to ask for you know ask anyone for permission. Uh, so there's Rupert making noise. So the way that I combat those feelings, which is never uh, a um, imposter syndrome kind of feeling, it's more of the scarcity of like oh like money. Right? That's usually the biggest thing. Uh, I combat that by reminding myself this is why. I got into this because I do have control over this. There is enough to go around. I do have the skill set to go and help people and serve people and be, you know, financially compensated for those actions. So that's a phenomenal question from you, Danielle. I've actually been trying to think about how to do a podcast episode on it. And I think you just helped me out there big time. Uh, but that's how I, that's, that's what I experience, And that's how I deal with it. Yeah, I can totally relate to that, to that whole scarcity mindset thing. So thank you. That's really yeah. good. And taking all the notes. <laughs> so awesome. I love that you just flipped the script on me. And you're like, I'm hosting the podcast now. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm here for this. Anything else you got for me? No, I think that this has been so fun. This has been a really cool experience. So thank you for allowing me to be on your podcast and I'm going to just go ahead and ask if I can pitch myself to be back on here in like a year or two once I've been like killing this whole self-employed thing. Absolutely. I love it. And I would love to hear from you again in a year. Uh, I love bringing people back on the podcast. I tend to, you know, you listen to my podcast. I tend to have the yeah. same kind of guests on because I'm like, they're doing the thing. I, and I know that they're good and 
if you ever start a podcast or you listening to this ever start a podcast, it's much easier when you just know dope people. Because when you bring someone on, you're like, don't know them. And then you're like, Ugh, they're going to be bad. And so you tend to just bring on the people you know, and then you keep bringing them back on. So absolutely, Daniela, absolutely going to bring you back on and, and talk about how you're crushing it in a year. That's so, awesome. That's so I'm dope. looking forward to it. So, so dope. yeah, for those so of you dope. listening, wish me luck. I'm about to make this transition. So appreciate it. You are phenomenal, Daniela. Thank you so much for taking the time and going and hiding in your closet and and pitching yourself and and being willing to share your story and lead from the front. I truly, truly appreciate it. This is, is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Rupert, Thank you, you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Rupert's like all up in the room. I leave the door open once and now he is all up in here. You folks listening, thank you. I know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us. And for that, we are both endlessly, endlessly, endlessly appreciative. I'm not going to ask for any likes or subscriptions or anything like that, but if you want to, I won't be mad about it. If you enjoyed this episode, if it resonated with you, do me a solid and share it with someone. I think there are just there's a ton of nuggets in this, and this is a super relatable, super valuable episode. And just hearing from someone that's self, self-proclaimed scrappy, I, I absolutely, that's, that's going to stick with me. I love that. I love that. I love that. So yeah, if you liked it, you loved it, you enjoyed it, it resonated, do me a solid and share it. All right. Officially wrapping it up. Until next time, friends, Daniela and Maestro, 